mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Born Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing today on this fine... Wednesday <laughs> for Wednesday, uh, but this show won't come out until for Sunday. I'm fairly certain because <laughs> remember we did it the weekend last time. See, it's confusing. It's really confusing. We've got to find a time where me and Chris can both do uh, a radio show effectively at the same time, and uh, you know it's it's testament to our powers that we've mainly managed it over the last uh, three and a bit years. So uh, yeah, it's good, man. How, 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 Exactly. How's the, how's the weather over your way? Because here... That is the most British get, question. Uh, look, what? it is starting to get warm. Uh, people are enjoying drinks in pub uh, car parks frequently, uh, left, right and centre. Um yeah, it's 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 really really nice. I'm about to move house. I've uh, I've got my driving test on Monday. It's it's all going off uh, and Shea Donaldson and outside of Shea Donaldson. Too good to be true. It's like something terrible is going to happen to to ruin <laughs> to it the all. motorists to the motorists of St Albans, which is where I'm going to be taking my test. <laughs> so how long have you been uh, how long have you been taking your driving lessons now? Oh, about three weeks. <laughs> three weeks, and you're going to take the test like next week. Are you mental? Yeah, I am. But I booked my lessons, and I said, right, 35 hours of of training. It's an automatic. It's a lot easier. I understand that. I booked three, uh, 35 hours of of, of, of of lessons before my test, and they booked the test for me. They they, they, they didn't have oh, to. They, they they booked it really early on, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working towards a, a test that's taking place, like, next month. So I'm, I've been forced into, like, a really extreme – too much Whoa. driving, driving lesson experience, and and everything's going fine apart from the old roundabouts. The American listeners probably need to explain what a roundabout is. It's um, they make a, <laughs> okay. a, a crossway, they, they make a crossing uh, harder. 
for, for, for nobody's benefit, <laughs> it seems. No, everyone's confused by them. Nobody knows how they work. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, j- j- just roundabouts. And also other drivers seem to uh, be quite difficult to, to deal with because they don't seem to mm. play by the same rules that I've got to play by. I'm being told things like, watch your speed, uh, be don't be so aggressive on roundabouts, and they're not watching their speed. They're not being uh, <laughs> like conservative at roundabouts, and it's 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 kind of confusing because I've got to abide by a completely different rule set to everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely, we don't have roundabouts in Japan either. Like we don't have them here, so I've forgotten right, the okay. horrors. I mean, even I don't like roundabouts, but I mean, yeah, British drivers are pretty pretty daunting. Whenever there's a video on. Um, like Reddit that I'm watching of like some ruthless driver crashing into everything. It's always like someone in like North London. It's always someone in the UK <laughs> tearing things up in their BMW, but I'm sure you'll be fine. Right. I remember when I did my first test and I failed my first driving test. And to be fair, mm. I wasn't ready. If I'd, if I'd passed that, right. I would have crashed like a few weeks later, like a mm. lot of my friends did. Like, it's always the case that you'll have your friends that will brag about passing first time, and then they'll write mm. off their Renault Clio and just <laughs> destroy all their cars. But um, I remember I realized during my first test, I don't know if your driving instructor is the same, but when you go to the test center, they'll be like, oh, no, you're getting Dave. They'll, they'll know who you're getting, the tester. Oh, right, And yeah. then they'll give you, like, they'll tell you your chances of success. I remember the first time I took mine, I had a really great guy called Kieran, who's my driving instructor. And he's like, oh, sorry, Chris, you got Dave today. About 30% get through Dave. And I was like, oh, I'll handle Dave. Don't you worry. <laughs> and he was like this really stern, slightly round, podgy, 55-year-old mm. man, glasses, bald. And he's like, okay, Chris, off we go then. And I was like, I'll sweet talk him. I'd be like, what do you enjoy doing, Dave? And he's like, oh, I like fishing. I was like, fishing, eh? And I knew nothing about fishing, so I was fucked. Uh, hopefully you're driving test a person like football and you can sweet talk them like I'm the football yeah. ramble they'll be like are oh, you and you're like yes let me pass there's 50 pounds there but like I, I remember I hit the curb which is an instant fail Yeah, and I was okay. like oh uh, do you, yeah fishing maybe we should go fishing together Dave wouldn't that be great like I tried to cover my what failure were you doing, what were you doing to hit the curb you just, I, just, I, took, just... I took a corner too ruthlessly that's, that's right, the best description okay. I was I a ruthless corner and uh, yeah, that was my downside. He at the end of the test, he was like, "Well, you did really well, but you hit the curb, so you failed." I was like, "Fuck you, oh, gonna kill you!" Yeah, gonna they kill don't you like that rod. hitting the curb sort of business, do they? They they really they actively probably, dislike it. Probably for a good reason, to be fair. Probably for um, a good I reason. thought, "Oh look, there's twenty pounds on the the dashboard." I wonder if, if I was to turn and look away, what, where would where would twenty pound is that? Is that all you were willing to offer to pass your test? But the problem with it in in, in England is that uh, obviously no one's been able to take the driving test for God four months something like that under lockdown. Oh, yeah, so they've got yeah. a massive backlog. So I'm hoping yeah. uh, against hope that uh, I do pass first time and they give me some very very easy manoeuvres. My uh, driving instructor, he actually because <laughs> you're obviously driving in their car. My driving instructor that she'll uh, remain nameless. He hides uh, a little mobile phone in uh, the his no. car when people take their tests, so he knows where the most popular routes are for the actual test itself. Oh, that's <laughs> genius! Quite exciting. That's very sneaky. <laughs> it's his car, isn't it? I mean, I guess he's he's allowed to do what he bloody wants with it, but it, it just it just made me laugh because it's really so sort of underhand and sneaky. <laughs> so is he going to give you like? Is he going to be able to tell you the route you're going to do or something? 
No, he's, he's, he's just in his GPS, in his TomTom, he's got just oh, right. uh, a load of uh, pre-programmed routes that other people have taken uh, recently. It, it's, it's an interesting, it, it's a whole new world for me. Uh, it's nice to see the, uh, the, the, the wild, um, the wilds and outskirts of uh, a little market town called St. <laughs> Albans. Uh, but I am not looking forward to Monday because it's just stressful and I'm exhausted right now. I, I, I don't know. I didn't realize that like concentrating on something for three, it, like I don't concentrate. I, I don't work very hard i am work shy i am lazy and i um if i'm driving for like more than like half an hour i'm like jesus this is exhausting i've got to look at (laughs) kids on the school run just bouncing into the road i've got to look at like signs and speed limits and all sorts of stuff it's horrible (laughs) there's other things as well like you can't drive like naturally like most people drive with one hand on the wheel a lot of the time Mm. the other other hand out the window smoking a cigarette looking really cool cigarette (laughs) cigar in mouth one, up, one hand out the window, other on the wheel. But you can't do that on your test. You have to play by no. the rules. You have to look at all the yeah. mirrors. You've got to have two hands firmly on the wheel. You can't drink and drive. You can't do all yeah. the fun things. It's annoying, isn't it? Uh, terrible. <laughs> but best of luck with that. I hope you Cheers, don't get mate. Dave. Don't get Dave. But don't get Dave. You can sweet talk them with, mm, with football. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Football. Fingers crossed. I'll it. give you an update next week on the show. Looking forward to it. Looking forward mm. to it. We've got a story from uh, Utrecht. Oh, sorry. No, that's the place in the Netherlands. <laughs> that's a town. From, from Lotte. Lotte van Noort. Um, and the the story... critters of uh, Coolish. Lotte. <laughs> it is, Lotte it? van Noort. This is a story. And uh, they sent the, the email. The subject header was, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> uh, it begins, Hi, Chris and Pete. I visited Japan in 2017 for a little over a month for my job as an international fashion model. Oh, very nice. Ooh, this is really great as I got the full immersion in Japanese culture, including having to wake up at 3 a.m. to start a job to return to my apartment at 1 p.m. only to go out for another job at 2 p.m. Well done. That is, that is the Japanese work schedule. Uh, now for the story. I was in Harajuku, Tokyo, when I started to get a bit hungry. Naturally, as all models do, I went into McDonald's to get some fries <laughs> with ketchup. Once I got myself situated at a table downstairs, a mother came up to me asking if her daughter could sit down next to me while she went to the bathroom. That's a bit weird. My Japanese wasn't very good, so the daughter ended up translating most of it. I said, yeah, sure, it's fine. Uh, and so she did. Once she sat down, she told me how beautiful that I am and that I have huge eyes, of which she was jealous. She asked me why I was in Tokyo, and I told her that I was a model. This is when I got the eh, exclamation, and she immediately went from a somewhat shy teenager to being completely and utterly starstruck. She asked me if I had any pictures of myself. So I showed her my Instagram page on my phone. She then asked if she could follow me. And when her mum returned from the bathroom, uh, she wanted to take a picture with me. That was all when it turned around. All of a sudden, everyone in the McDonald's was coming up to me and started talking about me. Word got around that I was a model. And now everyone wanted to take a picture with me. I was an instant celebrity, though nobody, in fact, knew me or had ever heard of me. So I ended up doing an instant (laughs) meet and greet while eating my french fries, and I spent half an hour taking photos with everybody in McDonald's. Uh, Then as I was quite overwhelmed, I excused myself and went back out onto the streets of Harajuku. The moment I did that, the fame and the glamour was gone, and I just again blended back into the crowd. This was so bizarre that I felt like sharing it. I've never heard again from any of the girls. I wonder if they've seen my images in some of the magazines. I hope they're doing well. The daughter is very nice. I hope to be back in Japan in 2022 to go back to what feels like home to me. With lots of love, Lotte van Nord. 
from the oh, Netherlands. What do we make of very, that, Pete? That was very wholesome and joyous and very much like the experiences that, that, that I've enjoyed in uh, McDonald's in, in Japan. You know, people <laughs> coming up to me going, sir, uh, have you shat your pants? And the people are going, oh, it's, oh, there's a guy who shat his pants. And then, oh, go, did you see that guy over there? He just shat his pants in McDonald's. It's, it's just like that, uh, Chris. Um, Japan, obviously, big, big uh, kind of a place for, for models to go out and, um, and kind of fill their portfolios. My, my, my partner uh, she was a model of, of some repute for a little mm. while, and she and she almost had a deal to uh, like she was going to fly out to go to Japan, but she was uh, rather young and just uh, and got a bit scared, so so didn't didn't do it in the end. But um, you see, you see them all over the gaff, like with their yeah. walking around with their portfolios and stuff. Um, the um, I guess you don't need portfolios now, do you? Those little leather bound portfolios. <laughs> well, like, fashion, well, fashion models have like these kind of like lookbooks, don't they? That they walk around with, and they yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and they just turn up for castings and and the you know the, the shitty director just sort of opens up goes, mm, mm, don't like that one don't like that one and then, and then sends them on their way i was once in i was once in a um uh going to do a voiceover for discovery channel and next door was uh i think the head office of some kind of high street brand i think it was like mm. top man i thought something like that um anyway there was, <laughs> I was i'd got a bit lost and turned around and uh there was this whole kind of like yard was like full of um fashion models male male fashion fashion models and um they all had their like lookbooks and you could tell everyone was absolutely oh, honking stunking uh, uh, stunning uh, very very good looking men uh with their with and muscular and with their with their books and stuff uh and i was just like calling my mom for, for, for whatever reason and uh and 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 the woman who had the clipboard who was like herding all these fashion models and went are you here for the casting and i just laughed in her face i went mate Yes, you I am. Your fucking tree. I would take a lot. <laughs> it must take a long time of makeup to make me look presentable for a fucking fashion shoot. Well, yeah, um, but yeah, you see them all the time in uh, in Japan. Certainly around Harajuku and stuff like, uh, and certainly uh, mm. you sort of see them in sort of bars where they get invited to like bars and the, but they get kind of corned off into the VIP area. So there's just this, there's loads of Japanese, a couple of gaijin, and then there'll be a corner of a, of a bar where it's just all kind of like models. young, young like kind of like children models. <laughs> I remember, I remember I was in a nightclub in Lapongi once. Dreadful place, but there's some mm. good nightclubs there. And I was in there with my friend dancing. We were lured in by the sound of 1970s, 1980s music. I was literally on the mm. street with him walking down. I was like, "Wait a minute, is that 80s music?" And I it's ran into the club music. and started dancing. It was brilliant. And then it changed to some sort of techno shit music from the mm. 2000s. And I remember while I was getting a drink. This old, like 65 year old Japanese man walked in. Very old decrepit looking man mm. cigarette in hand and he came in with at least 12 models blonde hair blue mm. eyes and he stood in the dance floor as if he could barely move like one dodgy leg and all the girls just dancing around him in a circle and i was like wow <laughs> that man's made it in life like that's what happens when you when you model in japan you get roped into that mm. situation but i reckon uh lotte she must have like blonde hair blue eyes because that always gets people talking and sitting down and taking photos right but, like, you know, you must have had it where, like, sometimes as a foreigner, that does happen. It happens a lot more in China, from my experience, but people do come up to you and want to take a photo, particularly school kids. If you're going to, like, a, mm. a popular attraction, they'll all be, they'll be like, the school kids going around with clipboards uh, mm. and they'll ask you a question and they'll want to take a photo. But yeah. it happens. It happens. You're, you're, you're right, Chris. We are exactly like fashion models, correct? I'm, I'm glad you had we the bravery. Fashion. I'm glad you had the balls to say it, finally. <laughs> <laughs> We're fashion models. Don't let anyone tell you. 
anything else. We've got a story this week um, about someone who's very rich, probably a fashion model. Uh, <laughs> there was a, an article that came out recently. Strange Japanese job ad asks to deliver a pork egg onigiri rice bowl from Okinawa to Tokyo twice every day. I mean, that is... That's a very excessive a distance to, to take a rice bowl. Um, a Japanese <laughs> Twitter user posted an image, right, of a part-time job available on Japanese Craigslist. And uh, the jobs listing was delivery of package from Haneda Airport to Okinawa Airport. Uh, hello, this is a small job where you will deliver a package between Haneda and Okinawa. You will buy a pork egg on a geary rice bowl, to the right outside the terminal's gate, Okinawa, then deliver it to Haneda. Of course, we'll take care of the round-trip plane ticket. You'll deliver the onigiri round-trip twice every day. The job <laughs> will take 12 hours. Please contact concerning dates and times. Um, apparently, it comes from a well-known shop called Pork Tamago Onigiri um, at Naha Airport in Okinawa. Mm. It must be good. Uh, it comes with a thick helping of eggs and spam, apparently. So mm. it must be decent. It's probably something very delicious. So clearly it's a decent rice bowl, but it seems like a very elaborate journey. To, it seems like it's like the Pete Donaldson school of thought, like bring me my coolish, come down from Manchester <laughs> by plane and bring me my coolish ice cream to London or something. Yeah. Like. What's it's, going it's, on, it's, it seems, um, I mean, it's terrible for the environment. Um, you j- surely you but could just send sacrifice. one cargo. Surely you could send one cargo. Surely there's something, some kind of service that can be uh, kind of, I mean, maybe couriers could do it, but they could travel with a lot of different things at the same time, if you know what I mean, rather than just one onigiri egg <laughs> sort of pork rice ball. I mean, whoever it is, minted, insane uh, but also they love their pork egg on a gear rice balls <laughs> it's probably that 65 year old man from the nightclub i talked about earlier yeah exactly and he's got yeah, mad with yeah. power he dances <laughs> with foreign european models at night and then during the day he gets his okinawan pork egg rice balls delivered by hand flown in directly <laughs> freshly made in okinawa apparently there's yeah. a shop though in ukibukuro in tokyo that sells the exact same thing oh, but no it's got to be what's he okinawa. doing it's got to be Okinawan spam. Absolutely. It's a bit, um, what's, I, I'm trying to think of like a parallel. It's probably when that uh, rock band uh, insisted on uh, the old uh, the old brown M&Ms or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the brown scales. Why was that, though? Why did they want the brown M&Ms? Um, it's because uh, it was a kind of parity check for the rest of the rider. Obviously, they um, it was um, oh, jump Van Halen, wasn't it? It was Van Halen who did it. They they had a very specific uh, and frequently dangerous um, kind of stage setup, and they sort of surmised that if they didn't put uh, if they if they put um, brown M and M's only in a ball uh, as one of the requests, if that wasn't honoured, they knew for a fact that the people who were setting up the stage uh, didn't read any of the other directions meaning that it could be dangerous and the show might be shit. So it was a really kind of good kind of check that it check and balance that if they didn't read that, uh, they clearly didn't read uh, to, to, to a decent degree the rest of the, the rider and the rest of the um, needs huh. that they had on stage. So it was, it was quite, it was, it was seen as like rock and roll excess and like kind of like, a, you know, all men, like all rockers yeah. being silly, but it was actually quite a, quite a useful and interesting uh, way of operating. Less about being a diva. Attention was, to detail, was, yeah. Yeah, there was method in the madness. I like that. I'll start mm. doing that. I need to find <laughs> an excuse to get my uh, sausage and egg mega muffins from McDonald's <laughs> for, for, for my hypothetical assistant. But uh, we'll never know because the post was taken down, unfortunately, off Twitter. There is no resolution to the story. No. You have to fill in the gaps, the gaps with your imagination. But again, 
it's probably some old very rich person that just doesn't know what to do with their I think the the round trip between Haneda and Okinawa is probably like a hundred and fifty dollars. So mm. it's not is that yeah, that is excessive. I'm trying to rationalize it. <laughs> no rationalization no, allowed. There's no way to rationalize it. It's just filthy, <laughs> filthy capitalism. Got another story, quite a heartwarming story uh this week. Uh, a clock stopped by the earthquake. The earthquake from um, 2011, the earthquake and tsunami, uh, it stopped, has restarted 10 years on. And a 100-year-old Japanese clock that stopped working after the 2011 earthquake started ticking again after another earthquake struck this year. You might recall a few uh, weeks ago, there was an earthquake back in uh, early March. I think I was in bed in Sapporo, sorry, not Sapporo, in um, Hakodate in, in Hokkaido at the time. And I talked about it at length on the podcast. It was very unpleasant. But apparently the earthquake jolted this clock that had stopped uh, in its tracks. It's, it's kind of re, re-triggered it. Uh, the clock stored in a Buddhist temple was submerged by the tsunami on Japan's northeastern coast um, that followed the devastating earthquake. And according to the Mainichi Shimbun newspaper, the spring-driven clock was stored in the Fumonji Temple in Yamamoto in Miyagi, just down the road from here. Um, and the temple's head priest, Mr. Sakano, rescued it from the debris. The following morning, while checking the main hall for any damage uh, after the earthquake two months ago, Mr. Sakano heard a ticking sound and found the clock was moving again. Uh, The 80-centimetre clock, which Mr. Sakano bought in an antique shop in nearby Fukushima several years before the 2011 disaster, seems to have been shaken back into action by the force of the earthquake. A representative of Seiko, the clock's manufacturer, told the Mainichi newspaper it's possible that the pendulum which had stopped, started moving again with the shaking of the earthquake, or that dust that had built up came loose inside the clock. Uh, Mr. Sakano, his temple served as a base for volunteers volunteers after the earthquake, says he's taken inspiration from the clock restarting. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Isn't that a nice little uplifting story? What do you think? I, I mean, it's, it's a real sort of... Um... It, it, it's a it's a great bit of kind of explanation that um, most things can be fixed if you just shake it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work with babies. Do not shake babies, guys, oh, guys, God. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the sort of story that will end up on unsolved mysteries. Why did the clock start ticking? Was it paranormal activity? Was it? A <laughs> no, it's just no. Nah. Nah, it was just <laughs> dirt. Just an it was just dirt. Got dislodged, and now it's <laughs> it was a magnitude again. seven earthquake, <laughs> knocking the pendulum in the clock. Beautiful mm. story. Some heartwarming. Some heartwarming news there. Lovely. We'll be back in a moment after this little break with the fax machine. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Then we're back to the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Donaldson? Oh, I just nearly fell off your chair there, Chris. <laughs> What's going on? What are you up to? 
What are you up to out of frame? I'm um, playing with my coffee. Stop playing with my your coffee. coffee. You, 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 you had one little holiday where you sort of flirted with a bit of Starbucks mermaid action. Now you're back on the boss <laughs> back, man. I'm back to Tully's. Back with the boss man. <laughs> uh, hello from Gillingham. Hi, guys. I recently discovered the podcast and I've been a big watcher of the Abroad in Japan YouTube channel since last August. This email comes from Joe from uh, Gillingham, uh, the Kent town that William Adams is from. Who's William Adams? Who's William Adams? Samurai William. He's the first oh, British right. samurai. I think I talked about him before, the bloke who mm. uh, came to Japan. Took two years, and he left from Gillingham, where Joe's from. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm still basic uh, with what I know in Japanese, says uh, Joe, as it's been hard keeping it in my day-to-day routine as I work in a film security job with heavy hours and generally finding it hard resisting the urge to cool down with games when I get home from the aforementioned heavy hours of of security work. You got, I I mean, I don't, I I was whinging earlier on saying that um, it's really hard to to drive because you're just constantly on edge. Imagine being a security guy. You're constantly like worrying about threats, fears. For film as well. What exactly. Film security. I don't know. Just protecting the the lots. The new Fast the, the, and Furious. Just like in a, in a locker, and he's just standing yes, in front of yes, it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is that. Uh, quick. <laughs> yes, he he just he, he just there's a big uh, room full of um, VHS tapes, and he's got to guard them. Uh, quick, quick question for Chris. I've recently completed all the chapters on the Human Japanese app you recommended on one of your older podcast episodes. I'm generally having trouble remembering a lot of the uses of particles, despite me doing chapter reviews and such on the app. Is there any memorization techniques or other apps? that you might recommend that uh, may help with this. Uh, another question for Pete. Have you tried Yakuza 7 yet? If so, what are your thoughts on the game? I generally enjoyed walking in the shoes of the new protagonist and I thought it was one of the best games I've played in recent memory. But I'd really like to hear your thoughts on it. I hope you guys have been safe and well. Uh, and I look forward to hearing more podcasts and seeing more videos in the future. I'll just jim- I'll just jump in with mine. I've not played Yakuza 7. Uh, <gasps> it does look good. I'm not convinced about the turn-based uh, con- uh, combat, but I've heard very, very good things about it. Over to you, Chris. Where is where's it set? Yakuza Seven. Which cities in Japan? Because the last know, one was Onimichi around, in Hiroshima. Right? Yeah, they, they 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 sort of float around to me. The six six, I think, might be that. Uh, it's kind of out in the sticks as well. Uh, I'll find out for you while you. Oh, we uh... find out. I'll answer <laughs> Joe's other question. Uh, in terms of memorization, I recommend an app called Anki. It's free on PC and Android and paid for on iOS. But it's basically a digital flashcard system, and it's saved my life it got me through all my japanese studies like every time i learned a word i put it on anki in the digital flashcard and i kind of just record it that way and every day you'll sit down and go on the app and kind of just tap through the flashcards and test yourself so that is the best way to do it in my mind digital flashcards and there's loads of apps that do it but and of course just try using it once you've learned something try and just use it as best you can like i recommend maybe getting like a online japanese tutor especially if you're in the uk or gillingham there aren't going to be many japanese people around and though i, I mock gillingham my family are from there so it's it's it's, it's an all right place actually no i hate gillingham <laughs> but the people are good but uh, i recommend getting a tutor like a japanese online tutor from somewhere like italki and um and sort of using what you learn. I think that will really turbocharge your studies. But keep up the good work, mm. Joe. All the best. And human mm. Japanese. Great app. Definitely. You find out the cities, Pete. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Yokohama. 
the mm. uh, Isazaki Ijincho, and also I think I'm fairly certain I saw a oh god or oh, was it Judge Eyes? Maybe it's the actually maybe it's the new Judge Eyes. There's a second Judge Eyes, uh, Judge Eyes, uh, <laughs> f- uh, thing coming out, and I think that might be set also in Yokohama as well. Uh, so maybe they've uh, they've doubled up and just used the same uh, district, which obviously um, is great. You know, I I, I don't mind uh, things being reused, especially when they're so beautifully brought to life. Yeah. I- I mean, Yokohama, that's a great place to set a game. It's kind of got mm. this, like, it's a beautiful city, but it's got, like, a seedy couple of neighbourhoods. It's quite gritty. Um, big old, bloody, big old big wheel, isn't there? That was featured in the uh, in the Manic Street Preachers video for Motorcycle Emptiness. Is it? I don't know that. Yeah. Mm, I love that yeah. wheel. And it's in front of, that's in front of the Landmark Tower, which is, mm. just, like, the one of the tallest buildings in Japan. And it looks like a chess piece. Yeah, there you go. Looks like a car. Good Chinatown. That's that's the big thing. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. The, the it's got the best Chinatown in Japan, for my money, as well. Mm. So yeah, it's a cool. I love your hammer. Need to go there again Lovely. soon. We got one from Peter. It says hi, Chris and Pete. I love listening to the podcast. It helps the hours of soldering I have to do each day fly by. Soldering. What are you soldering, Peter? What are you building? I'm from the UK, <laughs> and he's got the answer coming up. I'm from the UK, and I've been living in Taiwan for the last six or so years, and I run a small music electronic business here. That's awesome. I managed to get out to Japan for the first time back in November 2019 to attend a synthesizer expo in Shibuya. And I had a great time in Tokyo. As soon as everything is cleared up, I'll definitely be going back there. Intro aside, I really just wanted to send over a picture of some slightly dubious English I came across at a donut shop in Shinjuku, as well as an example of strange English in Taiwan. The poster from Taiwan was pretty much in every neighbourhood in New Taipei City for a good few years to encourage people to pick up their dog waste on the street and it always made me smile unfortunately the local council council has finally found out about the wording on it and they've all been remade with more family friendly language uh, and thank you very much peter he's attached a photo two photos the first one it does involve a dog <laughs> oh my god there's a dog um going to the toilet and it's got some chinese characters and that says in english where <laughs> This was this was a council poster. Where is the dog shit from? Where is the, dog, the dog shit, shit from? from? I've got it's, a few ideas. And it's got a photo <laughs> the of a dog going to the toilet with a cheeky smile on his face and red characters <laughs> <laughs> highlighting the phrase dog shit. And then in Shinjuku, oh wait, there's a little bit of English underneath that says, remember to bring tools to clean dog shit while walking dogs. Jesus, mm. that's insane. Uh, and then there's another one here in Shinjuku from the donut shop called Jack in the Donuts. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's possibly even worse, isn't it? Jack in the Donuts. Please, please. Jack. I'll, I'll take the ring rather than the, uh, the, the filled one, please. That's oh, right. it says, it's the brand's called Jack in the Donuts, and the, the donut just says premium moist ring. Premium moist <laughs> ring. Bloody hell. And they do look quite nice, to be fair. That's a delicious premium moist ring. Oh God! But it's terrible. It's a shame they got rid of that dog, that dog poster. That's, that's it's, uh, you know what offends me about the premium right, moist ring? The ring is too capacious. It's too wide. It's too heroic. <laughs> it's too. It's too. It's too. It's too big. It's too it doesn't even look like a donut, like does it? it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is premium though. Premium moist ring. I got it from some ring. Samantha's got in touch Hi Chris and Pete My boyfriend uh, A long time Which is also what I call my bum Uh, My boyfriend A long time fan of uh, Your Abroad Japan uh, YouTube podcast Recently introduced me to the podcast And we love using it To plan a future trip to Japan I am 
a scientist. Specifically, Ooh. I study space rocks, moon rocks, or asteroids. Uh, the JAXA, Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, leads the world in sample return innovation and is credited as the first space agency to return a sample from an asteroid, Hayabusa, in uh, 2010 from the uh, asteroid Itakawa, and Hayabusa 2 in 2020 from asteroid Ryugu. Uh, they also brought back uh, an onigiri rice ball as well from space. <laughs> uh, I am wondering if the JAXA miss- missions are are highly publicized in Japan, and if JAXA holds the same esteem with the public that NASA does in the US. Keep the great work. All the best, Samantha NY. Do check out JAXA. I'm looking forward to seeing a video mm. uh, titled Natsuki Goes to Space. That'd be epic. I was actually down <laughs> by the island of Tanegashima, where Japan sends its rockets into space. It's, um, it's just south of Kagoshima, about an hour by ferry. And um, I went to Yakushima, Journey Across Japan 3, and we went straight past it. But um, it's, it's supposed to be the most beautiful launch pad in the world because it's kind of like this tropical, subtropical island and the launch pad's kind of on this beautiful golden, uh, sorry, not golden, it's beautiful white beach. And it looks amazing. I'd love to go. I think, I don't really know how Jacks are viewed in Japan. I think they're viewed pretty favourably. Um, but I don't know if they've got the sort of esteem that, as NASA I'm not sure, mm. but they certainly deserve it because they have done some incredible things, like bring back pieces of the asteroid earlier this year, which is an incredible achievement. Sorry, last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to go down there, though. I'd love to go to Tanegashima and see Jax's kind of space headquarters up close in front of me. I'd, uh, there's also one in <laughs> Sendai, just south of Sendai, where they have some sort of um, base as well. But uh, yeah, awesome. Good old Jaxa. Mm. Do you want to see them? <laughs> do I want do to want see, see them? To see I mean, them. Pretty, do I want to see them? This is the most chilling them. sentence I've heard from you for a, a good few weeks, try, <laughs> to be quite, quite frank, Chris. Um, do you want to be launched I mean, look, into space? Get some rocks. <laughs> the thing is, I think, I think, I think obviously... Um, uh, NASA in, in America and obviously the, the Russian space agencies and, and a couple of others and the Indian ones. It's all about like sort of national pride, isn't it? The Japanese mm, weren't mm. involved in the space race back in the day. Um, so they probably just, um, they probably sort of go, uh, this is, this is about science. It's not about willy waving. There's no space force in Japan. <laughs> Maybe there is actually. I don't know. Space force. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, 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 they're not as well publicized in the UK. I don't think I really heard mm. about Japan's kind of, space agency back when i lived in the uk but uh, they do incredible work and so go and look them up go and give them the, the attention they deserve ladies and gentlemen keep the stories questions comments coming into abroad japan podcast at gmail.com we'll be back in the next few days to do it all over again but for now no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world enjoy the rest of your day and week and we'll see you in the next one because i don't know when it is when's the next podcast pete it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Have a great start to the week, guys. We'll see you then. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com